Hello everybody, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And this week's episode we watched Liberty, Stand Still and Phone Booth. Yes. Both about people being held hostage by snipers and making phone calls. Yes. Both of them were pretty much permanently on the phone call that they're on. Yeah. Throughout the movie. Liberty stands still for a reason, a technical reason, which is there's a bot at a hot dog stand. The bomb at a hot dog stand that will be triggered by her phone going dead or her moving too far away from the hot dog stand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's some good points to both of these movies. Um, and there's some really terrible filmmaking choices that I didn't like. Mm. Well, I'll tell you straight up, so spoiler alert immediately, um, though it's not really, it's, it's about the film techniques. What annoyed me the most about both movies is they are both, um, they're both shot in real time, or it's supposed to look like real time, like the whole movie takes place in the span of the hour and a half that we're watching it. Yeah. Um... But both of them do weird slow mo sequences and weird flashback sequences, and Phone Booth even has a weird fast forward sequence. Yeah. And it's like, if you want me to watch this in real time as a real time film, why have you added these weird things to it? So in Phone Booth, it's only near the beginning of the movie, and in Liberty Stands Still, it's all towards the end of the movie, but it's very annoying because it breaks that flow. Yeah, there were some weird directorial choices in Liberty Stands Still. And there was, like, sequences where the camera's held too long on one character. Mm. And then everything slows down. But you're like, wouldn't you have just been better to film this for longer and edit it so it looks better? Mm. Rather than having, like, a character slowly going from blinking normally to being, all like, blinking in slow motion. But you're like, why? It doesn't help <laughs> the drama of the sequence. It doesn't help the pacing. It doesn't help the story. It was just... Uh, the one thing I will point out is both of these had both of these movies had music in them, and in Liberty Stand Still, it's the entire movie, yes. and it's nineties rave music, <laughs> and it's just turned down enough, but it's still loud enough to sometimes it hurts to try and listen to the dialogue. Yeah, it's very annoying. I I was saying to you before, or between the two movies, that I figured out what it reminded me of, and it's that um, anti-piracy ad, that you wouldn't steal a car. So it's, for people who haven't watched this movie, or don't intend to watch this movie, it's that kind of music, just blared yeah, that in brown, the background. Brown, yeah, yeah. Brown. Yeah, just... You wouldn't download a car. Yeah, exactly. Throughout the whole movie. Yeah. The opening sequence is fantastic, though. <laughs> which which one? Of the really standstill where you're just getting Wesley Snipes walking through a park and it keeps like doing like it's like acting oh like it's a God. weird action thing, but it's just Wesley Snipes walking through a park. So the main differences between these movies is in Liberty Standstill, uh Joe, who's played by Wesley Snipes, has a massive issue with the Second Amendment. Yes. And in uh Phone Booth. Phone booth I was getting there. Yeah. Um the sniper, who's never given away by a name, mm-hmm. um, is annoyed by people's dishonesty. Yeah. And he watches people and then decides... He's basically playing God. Yeah. It's it's interesting because in Liberty Stand Still, it's obviously the whole thing is targeted at this one woman. Yeah. Because she owns and is the CEO or the wife of the CEO of a weapons... Massive arms manufacturer. Who are supplying the police with arms, who are supplying the local gangs with arms, who are supplying arms for war, for the military. Um, Her husband is sleeping with the president's wife, whatever. So they've got like massive amounts of influence and they are weapons manufacturers. Yeah. And that's sort of Joe, who's the sniper in um, Liberty Stand Still, Liberty Stand Still uh, is making a big deal about that point. Yeah. So she is very specifically targeted for her position, her influence, her backstory. Whereas in Phone Booth, Stu is kind of targeted randomly. He Not sort so random, randomly. so he knows he has done his research and he targeted him randomly to begin with as just a guy who uses Phone Booth. And then he followed him around and found out what he was doing, what is, and, you know, so when he calls him on the phone, he knows his name, he knows his address, he knows his wife's name, you know, etc. Um, but you find out that he has targeted other people before. Yeah. And he has killed them. 
The main issue that I had with Liberty Stand Still is just some of the some of the ways they went about. Like obviously, it was written and directed by the same person, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that that's all well and good. But it helps to have other people help you because yeah. otherwise you make mistakes. And it's the same with the prequels um, for Star Wars. And I think everyone was just too in love with George Lucas to tell him no. And I think there's the same sort of mistakes and made in this in Liberty Stand Still. Um, where someone needs to just go, well, hang on, that's not the best way to do it. And I think, for me personally, the music threw me right at... Like, I couldn't enjoy the movie. I, I was trying to... You know, we do our thing, which is you write down notes, and the entire time I'm just being constantly pulled out of the experience because you can't have serious dialogue with one person chained to a bomb and the other person aiming a firearm at them Mm -hmm. and it not coming off as cheesy with this, like, 90s rave music slowly playing in the background. Yeah, I really... I feel like it would have been a much more impactful film if it didn't have that music the whole time. I just think that music's really good in certain places. Mm. And Phone Booth did it in a way, but you're trying to portray a situation that's... It's not sub-reality in this. It's it's supposed Mm. to be based in the real world. Yes. You don't constantly have music playing all the time, everywhere. Like... The opening sequence to Phone Booth was fantastic. That's what I was going to say. They had, um, it has opening music, but when you actually zoom in to Manhattan from the satellite, which is the opening sequence. um, It becomes diegetic. Yeah, there are people on the street singing singing, that song. Yeah, Yeah, so it starts off with like a barbershop barbershop quartet song about phone calls, about, you know, operator, operator, and things like that. And um, then it goes through like a sequence. It's like in the clouds, and then it's in the stars, and it's a satellite, and then it's in someone's mobile phone and it's yeah. going through and then you see all the phones and all the people that's trying to show the sign you know that everyone's busy everyone's not paying attention to each other they're all on the phone they're whatever and then suddenly the music becomes diegetic and you yeah. have this group of guys on the street singing it they're busking yeah. um in times square or whatever so it's you know it's much better yeah much better um the other thing about liberty stand still that wasn't in phone booth is everybody in liberty stand still that isn't I'd say the four main characters. So Joe, um, who was the lady? Liberty. Li- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in um, the name of the movie. Yeah, Liberty. Her, he makes a joke about it at one point. Her parents were conservatives. Oh, uh, Republicans. Oh, Republicans. Yeah, um, sorry. Uh, Russell, who's the her side bang, who's an actor, who's got a bomb in his dressing room at the theater that's directly across the street, which is all part of the plan. Yeah. And the husband, who I can't remember his name now. Victor? Yeah, that's right. Everybody else in the movie... Well, Victor's an idiot, but everybody else in the movie is a complete moron. There's a sequence that cracks me up. And so she's chained to this, like, open, I guess. I'm doing air brackets there. Um, Hot dog stand. Mm -hmm. Um, And a kid runs up. Yep. And wants a hot dog and says no mustard. And she writes the word help on the bun with mustard. And the kid's like, I don't want mustard. And walks away. And you're like, wouldn't you show your mother? Yeah. Like, hey, I didn't want mustard, but the lady gave me mustard on it. And the mum would look at it and be like, she wrote help in the thing <laughs> you didn't want. Yeah. I'm going to go call a police officer. Yeah. Um, the dumbest person in phone booth for me... Um, because I have met them in real life and they have to be really switched on. It was like that uh, guy uh, who took a phone call from a lady because uh, she called 911 because she was ordering a pizza. Yes, the 911 operator is... It's... Like, literally, he's talking loud enough. He's in a, yep. an enclosed space and he's talking about the fact that he's being held at gunpoint. Yeah. Where he is... Yeah, he announces... He, he's real smart about it and yep. she should have been on the ball. And I feel like in real life, 911 operators would be on the ball or, like, emergency operators yeah. around or globally, not just 911 in the States. But, um, yeah, because you do have to be very on the ball with that. I've seen articles here about, you know, in New Zealand, someone calling about a domestic violence situation or something and talking in code. Yeah. To, um, so he calls... 
he dials 911 in his pocket while he's on the phone to the guy and he's like I'm just some guy in a phone booth on the corner of you know yeah, lists yeah. the streets and he's like and you why do I deserve to die why why do I why have I been picked by a crazed killer or something and yeah. she's on the phone and she's like okay bye because you because um, the the bit that annoyed me so the music and I mean you're gonna hear this a lot um, the picture and picture. Yes. Annoyed the shit out of me. Oh, I annoyed you. I thought it was interesting because they're obviously trying, because they're trying to keep it real time, they're trying to find ways that you could see what's happening to him and elsewhere at the same time. So they do a lot of split screen, they do four screen, split uh, screen, they do picture in picture. Um, it's an interest. I thought it was an interesting concept. They were obviously really trying to experiment with it and I appreciate what they were doing. Okay. Obviously didn't, you know, catch on as a, you know, innovative cool new way of doing cinema there's but much better <laughs> camera angles you can choose than having to pull several shots and then just taping them together in a way where it's just yeah but i don't think it was supposed to be so like the bit where the women are coming up to the booth and stuff like that i don't think it was supposed to be you were seeing everything happen at once you were supposed to be seeing he's in his own world this is what's happened to him this is um i was gonna say rachel that's her name in batman begins what's her name in this movie um pam pam so you see pam in the restaurant um and that's what he's thinking about and what the guy's talking about and then you see the shots of the the women coming from across the street who are getting ready to you know and it's like he's totally not aware of their existence because he's focused on what's happening with him so i think i can understand where they were coming from with him they're obviously you know like i said trying to come up with a way to show you how everyone is acting and everyone is reacting while still keeping it real time. So I understand why they did it. I think it, I think it was an interesting choice. Yeah, I just don't think it worked. Personally, personally, I don't think it worked. Um, there's movies you haven't seen that I will probably forget what I'm about to say, but there are points where using um, very similar... Uh, you've seen Jaws, right? No, you haven't seen Jaws. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> podcast over, guys. I'm going home. Oh, wait, I live here with you. Made a horrible... No, I'm kidding. Um, so there are camera techniques. Um, there's a fantastic film scene in Jaws. And they use a dolly pulling the camera towards the character's face. Mm-hmm. And while they're zooming in physically, they zoom out with the right, camera. Right, yeah, yeah. They do the same thing in uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. With the, you know, get off the road scene. Yeah. Where you get that, the the perspective is changing, but you're seeing, it's like the person is still in the same place in the yeah, screen, yeah, whatever, but yeah. it's, because the image becomes flatter. And they do a very, very good way of doing it. Um, uh, David did it in Riddick, oh, sorry, no, in Pitch Black where he uses three cameras to establish a shot where it zooms in from sort of where we're sitting, so about a foot apart from each other, yeah. to way in the distance. Mm. And it works because it's non-stop. It's one singular shot from your point of view, the watcher, but in reality it was three cameras that literally zoomed in right, right. on one area that's far away. But because of it, you can get that distance covered without having to do this weird picture-in-picture thing. And that, to me, is just, even on a smaller budget, not like a big name like Joel Schumacher, Mm. who made arguably some interesting Batman movies. My favourite Batman movies. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) You you don't want to watch my favourite Batman movies. Thank you. Um, Listen. We're getting off topic. I'm not going to say it's the best Batman movie, because that would be a lie. But I do really like Batman Forever. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. <laughs> um, there's some massive continuity errors in Liberty Stand Still that annoyed the crap out of oh, me. Oh, yeah? Um, so she's being held at the... Uh, just establishing for you viewers at home, viewers, listeners at home, you listeners at home, the she's attached to the, the, the hot dog stand. I was going to say bomb. I was going to say phone booth, and then it went bomb. <laughs> and then hot dog stand. Um and a the hot dog booth. So the hot dog stand is actually a side business for a drug dealer yeah. who's dealing drugs. Um, looks like cocaine. Yeah, Dwayne was that. Dwayne, name? yeah. Yeah, she buys one from him and just immediately snorts, snorts it, it like, in the middle of the park. Yeah, it's the joys of long hair. Um, <laughs> 
bald men may meet me and can't do cocaine in public places. They have to go to a bathroom, damn it. Um, and one of the people that's a not a customer, but he's a dirty cop. Yes. And uh, Joe ends up shooting him. Mm-hmm. After the most bizarre sequence I've seen in a movie, where she gets his attention by literally ripping all her clothes off. Yes. And throwing her identity... Oh, no, because her bag got shot. Yeah, while so she was on the phone call in the beginning and was yeah, left on so the street. Bef- yeah, so her, her bag got shot out of her hands when she was not believing the sniper was real and that was his way of being like, here you go. Um, and that was before she was changed to the... Yeah. Because he then made her go cover, cover her ankle to the hot dog stand. Yeah. Yeah, so, so anyway, she strips off her clothes yeah. to get the attention of the cop. And classic New Yorkers, I'm assuming the New Yorkers, were just like, ha <laughs> naked lady, and mm-hmm. keep on walking. Um... After the cop gets shot, which, why wasn't he wearing a radio? I don't know, that really annoyed me. He had to go back to his car to radio, but and then he got shot on the way there, and... And then was alive for long enough to get into his car, because... But he didn't get into his car. That's what I'm saying. He was alive long enough oh, right. for him to get into his car and scream officer down and then pass out. Yeah, and I've seen enough of those um, police shooting videos to know how long people survive for after they've been shot All in right. real life. Uh, not in movies. Yep. And... Because he got shot in the side. Because it's... Uh, from the way it's, he... It's up... It, the chest, but the... From the angle, it looks like he got shot through the side, so it would have been gone down through his lower abdomen. And that would have been fatal in the time frame. Mm. But he still would have been mobile for a second because of adrenaline and stuff. Yeah. The, the random... African-American dude who just walks up and then doesn't want to be a part of it and then runs away when the police backup arrives yeah. was also stupid. Yeah. Um, but, so this point... Do you know what else is stupid about that whole sequence? What? Is the fact that no ambulance... They send police, they don't send an ambulance. He says there's an officer here and he's bleeding. He doesn't say he's dead. He yeah. calls yeah. the emergency service and he says there's an officer here and he's bleeding. Because he was alive when he... Yeah. Like, yeah, he was alive when he got there and they don't send an ambulance at yeah. all at any point in the film. To that guy. So the point I'm getting to, yeah, long-windedly, like usual, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, once the other police arrive, a random reporter who's trying to get his Emmy, whose yep. dad is a senator, yep. arrives on site and goes and talks to Liberty, yep. and they're having this conversation about, you know, blah blah you know, I'm up and coming and rah 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 and, you know, I can help you. And, you know, you talk to me, and he gets shot. Mm-hmm. Other than his terrible acting, yeah. where it just looks like he's rejecting all the excess ketchup that he drank. Yeah, yeah, he just starts gurgling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gurgling up ketchup, um, which only happens if you're, if you're shot In with the it. lungs, yeah. Yeah. Um, and once he's dead, she throws a blanket on him, and the body moved. Did it? I didn't yeah. notice the body. So the, the I don't. The blanket error. didn't come. Uh, Where the blanket come from? I have no idea. There was magically a blanket at the hot dog stand. Apparently, that no one had noticed before then, including the cameras. Yeah, and there's also sorts of weird little bits around the hot dog stand. I know he, Joe keeps shooting at it to like prove a point when yeah. he's making a you know making a big statement. That's yeah, I love that he's he's shooting at it. the hot dog stand that allegedly has a bomb in it. Yeah. Like, what way to explode the bomb? Yeah, yeah. Um. Both of the snipers in the... I liked um, Keith Sutherland's, mm. who's in phone, he's a sniper in phone booth, yeah. way better. One, Wesley Snipes, to me, other than his legal troubles and his portrayal of Blade and maybe Big Passenger 57, he's kind of forgettable in everything else. Mm. Uh, oh, no, Demolition Man. He's fantastic in Demolition Man. I forgot about Demolition Man for a second. I was thinking about Demolition Man for the other day. I don't remember why. Oh, yeah, the... The three seashells thing. Have you seen... What? You? I don't know what you're talking about. But okay. anyway, it's okay. irrelevant to the podcast. I no, think. it's not. We're talking about Wesley Snipes. <laughs> um, the, the the humanity behind... Because um, that's a plain God. It's literally plain God. It's like the same as what, what happened to the Washington Sniper. Do you remember that? The actual guy who would drill the hole through the zero in his... Is this the the one that happened uh, the month that Phone Booth was supposed to be released in cinemas and they had to delay the release? No, I didn't know that. Is that in your trivia that you read? Yeah, yeah, that's 2002. (laughs) 
Is that the one you're talking about? It was two, so. two guys. It was like a 40-year-old and a 17-year-old or something. So the whole point of being a sniper is you're playing God. Mm-hmm. In this situation, anyway. Yeah. Um, in the field, it's about removing targets without being discovered. The um, important targets, it is. The Joe's portrayal is a man hurt. Yes. And what I loved about Phone Booth is is the rigmarole he puts Stu through mm-hmm. through the entire thing is just so fantastic. Yes. Um, him trying to play a grizzled Vietnam vet. Yeah. And that sequence where he's just like, you remember my childhood. My childhood was bad. You have to talk to me. And then just starts laughing straight away. And yeah, you're just yeah. Like, wow, so it's he's... like, he says at first that he's, that he is an actor. He knows Stu and he's yeah. an actor that he turned down. Because Stu is a publicist. Um, and you know, all this. And then he's like, I'm not an actor. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then he says he's in Vietnam and then he's like, and he just, you know, he's saying, you don't know what it was like to really be there. And the, and he gets Stu being like, I'm so sorry. You know, and the police will be on your side because you're a vet. And he's like, have to be 50 years old at least to have been in that yeah. war, you know, and it's he just keeps lying to him, and the great thing about it is you never find out what his motive actually is. Yeah, you never find out anything, and that's so much better as a character yeah. than Joe, who's, uh, was an ex-CIA operative. Yeah. Covert ops. Covert ops, which explains the ability to rig a bomb, Weld fire doors it closed on the theater, so mm. the only way out is through the front, which is where the bomb is. Yeah. Um, rig up uh, smoke bombs in the theater, so they the people in the theater think the building's on fire, and they all try to evacuate out the SWAT guys. Yeah. Which I did point out. That, no, I did point out in my notes that there was an instant Karen moment where this white lady walks up to an older white lady in a mm-hmm. very nice gear walks up to the police officer and is like, you have to let me out, you have to let me out, it's my right, I want to leave. And yeah. I was just like, oh my god, there's an armed man telling you to stay in the building. Yeah. And you're like, nah, I want to leave. No, is, is it a law though? Is it a law though? <laughs> Shut mandate, up. mandate isn't a law. Yeah, mandate isn't a law. Um, and I think it was when he was deployed. I think that's the implication that he was away from home protecting yes. America's yeah. freedom. So he, when his he had been was, deployed and yeah. then his daughter was killed in a school shooting. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was a school shooting or it was just a directed attack on his daughter. Well, it was a teenager in the school, is yeah. what he says, and he was out of his mind. He said he pointed the gun at his daughter's head and asked, did she believe in God? Yeah. And when Liberty says, well, what did she say? He says, I don't know. I wasn't in the country, yeah. basically. Um, so he wasn't there when his daughter was killed, but he, his daughter was killed by one of her guns. Yeah. Oh, that, that was the whole thing. Like, um, she's talking about how the weapons industry isn't related to people shooting each other. It's the mm. exact same argument that Big, oh, so this is stupid, Big Sugar, um, not the, not the pimp, um, the, <laughs> I don't know, the, um, not my pimp. Um, the <laughs> what is going on? I'm getting weird revelations here. It's hot in here. I'm going crazy. <laughs> the big sugar, um, not demonizing fat for decades and causing like the entire epidemic, um, ep- obesity epidemic, um, which is way more deadly than, in my opinion, in, in firearms because it's literally people lying. To, like everyone knows a gun's dangerous. Okay. But you don't know the thing you're putting in your mouth dangerous because you're like, oh, it's zero percent fat, so there must be a healthy. Wrong. It's all full of sugar mm. and salt because fat is flavor, unfortunately. And what when you take that out, what do you replace it with? Other flavor. What's other flavor? Usually fat and salt. It's like one of my favorite things was. Um, you replace fat with fat. Okay. That's what you just said. Did I? Yeah. Well, there's different types of fat as well. Okay. <laughs> some of them are good for you, some of them are bad for you. It's like how ma- margarine took over for butter, and it's like, oh, butter's bad because it's got fat in it. It's mm. like, well, Margarine know. is just pure fat. Yeah. It's just a different type of fat. Um, my rant over. Continue, Lisa. Continue before I what? take over this entire... Um, I, did, I felt like the... I felt like Joe's motives in... Um, Liberty Standstill were... More real, more human? No, I felt like they were confused. I felt like the movie didn't know where it wanted to go because it was, you know, he was targeting them because he wanted to have a public debate about Second Amendment rights. Yeah. But he also was targeting her specifically because it was her gun that killed his daughter. 
but then he also was targeting her specifically because her husband was the guy he was working for or something. No, because they were... They oh, were he host, they, they were vets, vets together, yeah. yeah. So he had saved her husband's life and then his and then he owned the company that, or was the CEO of the company who made the gun that killed his daughter. Yeah. And it was like, it just kept... It felt like it. the movie didn't know what message it wanted to be yeah, sending. Yeah, it seemed a little bit convoluted. Um, and then... Um, like me in this episode. Yes. And then he was... But the other thing was that he was, like... While both movies, the, the sniper was very well organized and, pl- and planned everything, um, Joe in Liberty Sand still, his stuff fell apart much more easily. Yeah. Um, but then again, that's based. That's because it was based on emotion, probably. Um, because you had her talking to him and he was getting agitated and frustrated and you know pacing in his room and yeah. the whole time from the beginning he said that at the end of it all he was going to blow his own brains out. Yeah. Which he spoiler alert, which he does. Um, there's some issues that I have uh, from my technical uh, knowledge mm-hmm. um, snipers work in pairs okay so they're not lo- there's lone gunmen's are crazy people mm-hmm. um, trained snipers work in pairs yep um, you don't use binoculars because they tend to have the same or even slightly less magnification than the scope on a rifle yeah so it's interesting because Joe uses one but um, the caller in phone booth specifically says, I don't have binoculars. Yeah. And he's questioned about it. He's like, no, I've got to... He's like, what could I be watching you with? Because you're getting... With binoculars, you're looking in a certain area. With a scope, you're looking at the same sort of area. The reticle's even smaller. With yeah. a spotting scope, you've got a larger area and the magnification is way higher. The issue that I had with the caller mm-hmm. in phone booth yeah. is... He's using a bolt-action rifle. He goes into a massive monologue about the fact that why does the action hero in a movie cock his gun? Yeah. Because it's terrifying. Yeah. And then he's using a bolt-action. Now, bolt-action works by putting... You physically remove the bolt, which is the part that carries the pin, the firing pin, and the round from the magazine, uh, if it's a multi-shot or it has a drop magazine, into the the, the actual chamber. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when you cock the bolt back, you're taking that round out again. Oh. So he cocks it four times after he, taking... He takes one shot... Oh, yeah. to take No, he, yes. So he cocks it multiple times after his shots have been taken. So is he just shooting rounds out, like, onto the floor? It makes <laughs> no sense to me. <laughs> I mean, he did say that it's that he specifically is only making the noise to scare... Yeah, but it also has a mechanical... Purpose I know, and, yeah. and, you know, there is a cause and effect to doing that. <laughs> so did he only have, like, the... Because he shoots... Uh, was it Tony, the pimp? Was it uh, Leon. Leon, the pimp. Yeah. Um, he then shoots one through the phone booth as a warning. Yeah, oh, he I'm shoots sorry, his ear. Robot. He shoots, oh, he, shoots the, he shoots the robot as warning, then he shoots Leon. Yeah. Then he shoots Sue's ear. Yeah, through the phone booth. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. But he cocks the rifle seven times that I counted. Okay. I may be off, but I'm pretty sure it was seven times because it was like I wrote a note of it like yep. um, quite near the end of the movie. Um, and that whole spiel about hollow points not leaving evidence is BS. Mm. Um, because you get hollow points for pistols, which is a nine mil that's in the top of the phone booth yep. that he's g- getting Stu to put his prints on so the cops will chase Stu. Yeah. Um, and cause he said, um, I think he said, cause he described, when he calls Stu, he describes the rifle that he's using. Yeah. And he said. I saw you taking notes when yeah, he was yeah. describing um, The note I took was gun guy, so he knows about guns. Oh, okay. Um, which was different from Joe, cause Joe's just like, oh, this is your latest model. Right. And don't, you know, and she's like, oh, it must be a two to three then. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so you both know about guns. Wouldn't you just give the name or the like the, yeah. the name of the rifle? <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure Joe says it's the 308, but the American calibration for it, it might have been a 30. So that's a huge rifle round. So tiny, tiny pistol round, probably the second mm. joint of my. This is the collar you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, Smaller than my pinky finger yep. versus huge rifle round that's designed to go plus one and a yeah. half kilometers, 
they are not the same thing. They're going to do different things yeah. when they impact the body. Here's, here's the thing that I that got me continuity or what is in terms of his discussion of things was that he was saying if he shot him from where he was, the exit wound would be the, the size, size of a tangerine. Size of a tangerine, but then he shoots Leon and there is no exit wound. Yeah. Because the exit wound would have gone through into Colin Farrell's head. Yeah. Um. So obviously they had to conveniently leave out the exit wound. So was he bluffing about the exit wound, or how does that work? You're the expert. Um, <laughs> like I said, continuity errors. Yeah. Um, hollow points do not leave the size of a tangerine. Okay. Hollow points don't leave exit wounds. That's right. the whole thing about hollow points. Okay. So so he was bluffing to Stu, most likely. Yes. Or bad writing. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the second part. That's usually the easier. But they didn't put. But when they he actually did the shot, it didn't have an exit wound. Yeah. So it's more. So they knew what they were talking about. Yeah, but then why would he say it would have left? It doesn't. I know every. But most of what he was saying was a lie to Stu to either scare Stu or to could talk to him about how stupid it is to lie to people because yeah. his whole his whole thing is that he wants him to come clean about how dishonest he is. Yeah, by lying to him. Yeah, what's interesting is the um, main characters in both movies are cheating on their spouses yes there was uh, both with actors and both of those cheat both of them cheating is yeah. how they end up in the place that they're in that and also what the sniper uses against them to get them to stay yeah clever it's interesting yeah clever yeah. that you picked that up because it just like gone straight over <laughs> my head because i was too focused on all the technical yeah, stuff yeah. that was annoying me because in liberty stand still liberty is going to the theater um to see her boyfriend who's an actor there uh and her husband doesn't know where she is and then it's at the park opposite or when she's about to go into the theater um oh she go, yeah she goes to the park opposite the theater to the hot dog stand to buy cocaine to, to buy because cocaine. everybody loves cocaine yeah and then it's when she's walking away from the hot dog stand she gets the call and yeah. he has already wired up her boyfriend the actor with a bomb yeah and he's saying you know you got to do these things or i'm gonna blow him up basically um and then in phone booths, you've got Stu, who the only reason he's in the phone booth and he goes to the same phone booth every day at the same time is what he is what's said in the movie, is because that's where he goes to ring his girlfriend, um, to ask her to meet up with him because he doesn't want her number showing up on his phone bills that his wife sees. Yeah. Um, and this is how, um, the caller has has figured out who he is and what he does and has followed him and followed his girlfriend and knows her name and you know etc etc both times mention the fact that they should have eaten um liberty is offered yeah. a hot dog by yeah. joe and uh the caller instigating the whole hostage taking part offers them as a pizza yeah he sends a pizza delivery guy to the phone booth yeah and that's who their cops think the bad guy is at yes. the end of the movie and then they give um uh, I was going to say Joe, but that's not his name. They give Stu uh, drugs in the back of the ambulance, and that's when you get the reveal of, like, oh, nice Italian shoes. Yeah, yeah. It's very clever because it's in Liberty Stand still. Um, like I said, Joe says he's going to kill himself, yeah. and he shoots himself in the head right before the police come through to where he is. Yeah. Um, so they find a dead body. In phone booth the police figure out where the guy is and when they get there they say he's you know he slit his throat when he heard it's coming yeah and there's a body there and the throat has just been slit and there's a you know bloody knife next to it next to the hand or whatever and they take him down and when they show Stu the body he's like oh that's the guy who tried to deliver me a pizza yeah so he thinks that the guy was pretending to be a pizza delivery guy yeah um and then you find out that it's been staged and that the caller is still alive he just also killed the pizza guy yeah, yeah. so it'd be interesting from the caller's point of view to just have the pizza delivery guy yeah, the pizza delivery guy must have been in there the whole time yeah but he did say return to sender when he sent him away with the pizza true but if he hadn't have done that with the pizza guy just given it to the homeless guy and then there would have been so that there's there's some weird writing in there. Yeah. So if he had actually, because uh, Stu tells him to go give it to the homeless guy and tell him to, I can't fix it, but I can help. Yeah. Something, so some, like, something like real motivation, like mm. real PRE to say yes. that. Yes. Like, yeah, because he's a publicist. Yeah. Um, and then the pizza guy says no, and then he's like, return to sender, and he gives him money to he go away. Five, he gives him yeah. a five dollar tip to go away. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting because because if that is how he ended up where he is that's very interesting because a whole thing 
in both movies actually is that the snipers are saying your conse- your actions have consequences and what you do decides the fate of other people um which is like the Joe saying it to Liberty that if she tries to ask for help with people who come to the hot dog stand, like he's going to kill them. Yeah, he will kill them. And he has this, the, you know, he's about to kill the little boy because she's trying to ask him for help. Yeah. Um, so she's like telling him to, to get away. And then in Phone Booth, it's the same thing. He's saying like, you know, what you choose to do has effects on other people. And that's why he kills Leon. And he's like, no, I didn't tell you to kill him. And he's like, you need to be more clear about what you're saying. Yeah. The... One other technical part that has always bugged me incessantly, forever, in any movie relating to somebody sniping somebody else. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, folks, in, for the real world, snipers don't use lasers. You know why? <laughs> yeah. What's the purpose? You're looking down... You know, what a, you know what a laser on a rifle's for? Is so you can point at a target without looking down the sights. Right. It is used for CQB, close quarters combat... And uh, and reactionary shots. You, right. Um, you should be good enough with the platform that you're currently using to be able to take reactionary shots without having to use a sight or a laser. Mm-hmm. It should be part of your body, yeah. like how swordsmen teach people to use swords. Yeah. People, um, uh, weapons masters teach people how to use firearms the same mm-hmm. way. So they don't use lasers. Yeah. But Nick, if there was no lasers, how would they know there was a sniper... Because you do it the same way they did in both movies. You show the camera point of view down the reticle of the... No, but how would the person getting the phone call believe it's a sniper? Because that's in both times, it's they see the laser on themselves and go, oh no. And but in both boost... times, they show it. He, she shoots <laughs> it in the purse and he so... blows the robot away. <laughs> I know, it's so stupid. Um, yeah, because in phone booths, they mostly only use it at the end. The, or you know, towards no, the end when, he sh- when they show it. Um, on his wife's head and yeah. he, it's to get him to go back in and answer the phone and the police officer cops it and is like oh a sniper yeah. but like should the, all of the police have copped it there's a laser pointing down and where it's coming from because that's the other thing it gives away your position yeah because you can do simple maths and be like oh well okay it's, it's coming from that way yeah so. yeah which is what Forrest Whitaker does in that movie he yeah. like looks at it and then he looks up in the direction and he's like check those two buildings yeah yeah it's irritating mm-hmm because it's just, yeah, it's just bad. It's yeah. bad Hollywood trope. Yeah, that's the thing, is that it is a trope, and people watching sniper movies who don't know anything about real-world snipers would be like, well, where's the laser if there's yeah. no laser in it? Yeah. I can't be getting targeted. There's no laser. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely how it works. Because it was a prank thing that was going around for ages where people would point lasers at people in the street. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's not great. That's dumb. Don't prank people. Yeah, don't prank people. Especially when that stuff's actually happened in real life. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's getting very warm in this room. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to go through. I'm going to go through my notes here and see if I can find anything else that was interesting. Um, I did like the fact that the killer got away, and it's like reign of terror can continue, but it's yeah. not. It's an interesting way of putting it, where Joe, whose name is actually Alex, um, sort of gets his point across, even though that he's just like... Mm. I don't know if his, his goals were completed. You know, he shot his... Well, the whole know, thing was that he gives her a second chance. And that is thing is that he's saying... Um, because that's why they have the weird compilation clip thing at the end, because he sends off the... So he gets her to admit on... Um, name, names. Yeah. And yeah. he's filming her. I don't know what... This really annoyed me. I don't know what he's filming her with because the, it's not like a still camera because the camera... He's like watching her on a screen as well as through the scope. And on the screen, like the camera ang- angle is changing. It's like swiveling around her. It looks like they literally just filmed all the scenes of her and then played the movie through his screen. Yeah. Which makes no sense because she would be able to see the cameras yeah um and is he supposed to have a drone in 2002 following around like so the only way that would have worked uh from a real world situation is if the scope had a camera on it but the but the angle of the camera changes yeah yeah it's like i said there's continuity errors in this movie it makes no sense yeah yeah Yeah. but anyway what i was saying was um he cuts together the footage of her naming names of yeah, and renders it out instantly, which is another thing that annoys. Yeah, the he shit just out of emails me. it off, and then it's like, 
yeah. through Wi-Fi? Like... Yeah, so he's been recording for an hour and a half and somehow knows the exact clip he needs to use and just emails off that, like, one-minute clip and then and then shoots himself in the head and he said. But um, then we get to see this montage of clips of her, you know, from the movie that we just watched of her being like, you know, um, if you let me go, I promise I'll do this and I'll do that and whatever, you know, and it's... So he's... His idea is he's giving her... So he kills her husband. Spoiler. He does shoot her husband when her husband shows up. Yeah. Um, which means that she, I guess, now will be the CEO of the company. And that's not how secession works. I think that's what he's yeah, planning. Yeah, yeah. Well, she owns the company. That was her father's company. No, they were merged. Okay. Because I thought that was the whole thing was that she... Because her, her father's company was going down the toilet. Right. She says she married him because he th- she thought he could save her father's company. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, if that would work. I don't think. Yeah. Especially when she was being a hostage situation. I don't think that the board would yeah, like, be like, oh, we're going to promote you even though you're recovering this from is your the, husband being I think murdered. this is the idea that we're supposed to get from it, is that she's going to take over the company and she's going to change things and she's going to have that public debate that he wanted yeah. to ha- happen. Well, guess what? It's 2022. Yeah, it's literally Got- 20 years after that movie was released. And the debate still rages on, folks. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so the the whole... So I don't know, does he really get... I guess he thinks he got what he planned to get? Yeah. I don't know. Um, whereas in Phone Booth, um, he's just, like, chaotic evil. Yeah, he's playing God. He's just chaotic evil, and he's going to continue to do what he's doing. Yeah, like I said, he's playing God. <laughs> yeah. Um... And we don't know what motivates him, but we know that the people he's killed before were um, a one, pedophile. Yeah, pedophile porn manufacturer yeah. and a uh, something to do with stocks because of investment. Oh, yeah, investment. He, it was like insider trading. Yeah, yeah. So a guy who like took out all the all stocks right before it everybody plummeted. Else lost, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it would be the same sort of investment scandal thing that happens quite what happened recently. Well, I say recently, it was probably like 10 years ago here in New Zealand. Mm. No, it would have been 2012? Maybe, yeah. That guy was a, that guy was an idiot. Yeah. Tried to get out of jail because his daughter was having a wedding in Australia and the judge was like, that's not how jails work. <laughs> you don't get out for the weekend because you want to. Yeah. Oh, but my daughter's wedding's important. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure the millions of dollars of the freaking mm. people's money you stole is probably important too. I'm yeah. getting off track. Yeah. It's very warm. It's okay. I know. Yeah, I've noticed that. And it's all right. You, you've, you, you've noticed that it's very warm. Yeah, it's okay. Um. Anyway, so this is going back to a thing that we mentioned a while back. Um, The actual DC sniper attacks. Yeah. So... um, I believe Liberty Stand Still came out in, I think, May of... 2002 um phone booth premiered at the toronto film festival in september of 2002 and was supposed to come out um on a wide theatrical release in the beginning of november that year but uh in october there were actual sniper attacks um in dc and 10 people were killed and three others were critically wounded um so they pushed the release and they delayed it until april 2003. Yeah. So these movies actually came out about a year apart from each other, but they were supposed to come out within the same calendar year. Um, but it's interesting because obviously, um, you know, the whatever points they were trying to make w- was real. <laughs> yeah. Because real people were were doing what's happened in this movie. Somewhat, yeah. Um. I don't think the the actual Washington sniper any contact with people he was shooting at. Like no. He was just randomly picking yeah. people. And like you said, if they worked in a pair. Yeah. There's two people. Um, Before we barbecue alive in this room, um, <laughs> anything you want to go over in your um, other trivia? Other than the... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I was having a look through my notes and there's not a whole lot. Um, like I copied and pasted a few things from the IMDb, but they're not hugely interesting. Um, one of the things with that Colin Farrell's confession scene that he does, um, he apparently, because he has chronic insomnia, hadn't slept the night before and was just having, was literally crying at the thought of having to do that scene. So they managed to do it in one take because that's legitimately what he emotionally looked like when they did it. And apparently everyone applauded him after he did it. So he literally did it in one take. Um, and then they just wrapped. 
Um, the word fuck is said 143 times in phone booth. Nice. <laughs> Um, which I thought I just thought it was fun that they put that in the IMDb trivia. Yeah. It must be obviously high on the list. Um, they also shot it in only ten days, which I thought was interesting. But I guess yeah, because I think they have to shut down a street because it doesn't look like a set because you can see yeah. there's a lot of um, reflections from the opposite side of the street mm-hmm. for a the shop fronts. Yeah. And you can see traffic going by constantly. Yeah, and there's a lot of extras on set, and none of the extras were given the script, so yeah. all their reactions to shots and to everything that's going on is, is you know, legitimate. Um, uh, yeah, that's about it. There's not really a whole lot of interesting. It was fun. I, I, so I'd never seen Liberty Stand Still before, but I had seen Phone Booth before. Yeah. And I have just, like, really vivid memories of watching Phone Booth because um, myself and my cousin Roisin, who I believe listens to most episodes if not all episodes of the podcast so yeah. hello um we rented it on dvd but we or um was it dvd yeah i was trying to think it was vhs no it would have been dvd we, rent, we rented it we rented two movies and got a like a pint of ben and jerry's each and we were planning to watch one movie on one night and then the next movie the next day so phone booth was our second movie but our first movie was darkness falls and it scared both of us so much that we immediately watched phone booth afterwards to calm down <laughs> So I've not heard of that movie. So that was my calm down movie. Darkness Falls is a weird, like, horror movie about the legend of the tooth fairy or something. Um, it's probably not as scary as I found it. I think we were 14 at the time, maybe 13. Um, but I just have such vivid memories of being like, I don't want to go to bed. Let's put a phone booth on. <laughs> let's put this happy movie on. Yeah, let's put this lovely happy phone booth movie on. Uh, we'll touch on budget and box office before we finish up. So, uh, budget of both these movies is quite similar. Uh, Liberty Standstill was $11 million budget, and Phone Booth was $13 million. Can you guess which movie did better in the box office? I'm going to go with Phone Booth, because it was a movie I'd actually heard of. Yeah. So, Phone Booth made $97.8 million in the box office. That's a pretty good profit, Martin. Yeah. Liberty Standstill made 595 thousand <laughs> damn that's a flop and a half Whoa, it's that's a major flop that's an unbelievable flop i like double checked it and i was like really that's that's how much that's like ridiculous was there is there actually information of why it did so no the, the indb notes on it are there's literally like one there's like three notes on it in total and only one of them was anything of relevance but nothing about the why it flopped so much but it's interesting um wow i don't i don't feel like it's bad enough to flop that much i don't even know how a movie from a you know large company could flop that hard because you know most of the money goes into marketing yeah, that's my that's my thought is that it must have just not been marketed well. Yeah. Because I remember seeing marketing for phone booths back then. Yeah. That's why I, you know that's why I went and rented it, um because I'd seen a whole lot of trailers for it. So if we but then again I used to watch a lot of trailers back then. I used to go on websites specifically to watch trailers and movies. Yeah. You can't do that anymore because they get taken down copyright strikes. Mm. Um, Unless you subscribe to every single f- film publishing thing on YouTube which would drive you nuts because it'd be like here's yeah. 15 different interviews yeah, yeah. with 15 different actors I see some trailers now but not very many yeah um, but yeah back then I used to literally just go on websites to look at trailers of films and be like oh that looks interesting maybe I'll watch that someday yeah I, I, I've watched some of those compilations that are like you know 15 trailers for upcoming movies in mm. 2021 or whatever 2020 which was the last one of the other ones I watched and there's still movies that like I haven't seen Yep. And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And then never watch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, that's what I used to do back then. Because, uh, what did we watch recently? That, uh, Ziggurat? What? It was in one of the episodes of that Neil Blockham thing that came out that was sort of like a clone of Love, Death, Robots. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, the one with the, the hand body demon... I don't remember what it was called. I know the show you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'd seen that in an, on... In a trailer? Yeah, in a oh, trailer. okay. I'd been like, I want to watch that movie, and then never got around to it. Yeah. Trailers are important, but yeah. also, don't give away the freaking plot or the freaking movie during the trailer, because then I won't watch it. I'm not going to pay money to see a movie I've yeah. already seen. I mean, that's, that's part of why I don't watch trailers very much anymore. And I know we've talked about this on the podcast before. 
Um, but I remember when I saw Moon in cinema, I'd never seen a trailer for it, and it blew my mind. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Everyone watch Moon, I'd recommend it. I'm not going to spoil it. But apparently the trailer showed what I thought was the twist of the movie, and I was like, well, why would you show that in the trailer? You're just going to ruin the movie for everyone. Like, I literally was amazed by that movie when I saw it in cinema. It's I, like, uh, what, I, what was like, what movie was it? Oh, I was in the movies with Floyd. And um, that Shelby oh, yeah. versus Ford. Yeah. Have I mentioned? That's Ford, Ford versus Ferrari. And Thank you have specifically talked about it on the podcast with Yeah, Mark. sorry. <laughs> Broken record. It's hot in here. My brain ain't working. It's okay. I'm the one who edits it, so I've heard it more. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but that is the exact example you gave last time. So yeah. that's funny. But yeah, no, I understand what you mean. They give they go through the whole part of the movie. There was, I feel like there was something we watched recently that just went through the whole part of the movie. And I was like, well, I, now I don't need to see that. It might have been when we saw... Um, Spider-Man in cinema maybe yeah. must have been something that was a trailer that we saw then yeah we just watched the Spider-Verse trailer mm. and other than Gwen showing up there's no information about yeah, what I have no idea about. what's happening in that movie but I want to see it and it was also two minutes long and you're like that's fantastic that's yep. how you make a trailer yes exactly it's just you take the scenes you want to put in the trailer and you cut them so they're just the point where the characters are looking at each other in a tiny amount of dialogue yeah and that's all you need to put in there. Yeah. Because you're trying to create hooks into people mm-hmm. to draw them in. Yeah. We've gone completely off tangent. Yeah, that's okay. We're still, we're still, you know, making good time. Um, do we want to wrap up? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Before we sweat to death. Yeah, oh God, this is the problem with recording in summer. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we can't just, like, have a flan, flan. We can't have a flan. Yeah, we can't have a flan right we now. We can't have our feet in nice, cool flans. I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay. Fan going, thank you. Thank yeah, you, Brian. Yes, it would it would affect the audio quality, which we yeah. don't want to do. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at it takes two underscore pod or on Facebook at it takes two pod and our website is it takes two dot co dot nz. Thank you all and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.